but as far as, you know, capital raising, it's all about your connections. You need to know these people. They need to know, like, and trust you. Hello, and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer, with me, I'm excited to have Mike Roder. Mike, how are you doing today? Doing very well. And thanks for having me on, Todd. I appreciate it. Well, I, I am happy to have you on and, and we've known each other for a little while here. So I wanted to get you on the show and, and make sure we can, uh, we can gain some valuable nuggets from you. So a little bit about Mike. Uh, he is one of the partners at Granite Towers Equity Group. And uh, they have been buying multifamily properties for quite some time now since since uh, investors since 2009 um, and focused on acquiring assets and uh, multifamily multifamily projects in strong markets mostly in Texas uh, but some stuff in Minnesota as well uh, and let's see I mean you've got uh, you got a lot of deals you've got a lot of great experience and so let's dive in. Um, definitely let's do it. Dive in. Yeah. So you, what, what was your, what was your life prior to real estate prior to multifamily? Yeah. Life prior to real estate. I've been in the insurance uh, industry for gosh, 12 years, basically ever since I got out of college, um, was a sales producer, um, for high net worth clients. And while I was doing that, I started picking up some single family rental properties in central Minnesota, um, yep. grew up in St. Cloud. And that's what, you know, really gave me the real estate bug. You know, I love the cash flow. I actually house hacked my first house, hmm. rented out three of the bedrooms. My now wife and I lived in the other one. And then we just kind of, uh, you know, progressed from there. Yeah. Yeah. So was was that, that's what it was. It was like, Hey, I, I like, I like these real estate, uh, properties. Did, were you able to replace your income? Did you replace your income with just the single families or when did you, when was it like, this was a real thing? Yeah. So it took me a while to replace my income. You know, like you had mentioned in 2009, that's when we started, you know, basically in the single family rental space. And it wasn't until I, I acquired a couple of multifamily assets that I really replaced my income. Um, you know, obviously with single families, it takes a long time. You got to accumulate yeah. a lot of assets and a lot of time and energy goes into every single one of those transactions. So, you know, along the way, I just really questioned how could I scale my business quicker and easier. And that's kind of when I fell, fell into multifamily and, and started acquiring multifamily assets. What are the, some, what are some of the things you did to help you scale quicker? Like what are some of the action steps you took or some of the things that you changed um, to help you scale your business? Great question. So back to the start, when I jumped from single family to multifamily, I partnered up with my now business partner, Dan, and he had bought, uh, I think three or four different apartment complexes ranging anywhere from nine units up to 30 units. And so that really allowed me to, to feel comfortable in jumping into the multifamily space because I really had no idea what I was doing. I'd done a little bit of research, read some books and listened to some podcasts. Yeah. But, you know, that that allowed me to feel comfortable jumping into the multifamily space. And then fast forward a couple of years after that, we had bought a 20 unit together, bought an eight unit together. 
we decided that we wanted to start syndicating projects. So raising capital from passive investors yep. to really allow us to scale even quicker. And so at that time we found a mentor uh, down in Dallas, Fort Worth that had thousands and thousands of units and really gained insight and knowledge from him and his team in, in order for us to really scale quicker. Okay. So hire, hiring a mentor uh, and then forming that partnership were two pretty critical things. Exactly. hundred percent critical. Nice. And I'm sure, you know, I could have done it up by my own, on my own, but you know, the mistakes that you'd make along the way and uh, the time that it would take to, to scale to where we are today, I think would have taken probably two or three times the amount of time. Yeah. And what did, did hiring a mentor, and I don't want to make this all about the mentor because <laughs> that's not what it's about, but did hiring Definitely. a mentor, um, do you think it, so it helped you obviously learn what was the most valuable thing? Was it, was it the education you got? Was it the confidence you got? Was it the mindset shift that you got? Gosh, the most important thing. Um, I mean, I, I do think the educational was critical, you know, the way that we were buying, um, it wasn't a bad way, but basically we were doing all of our rehab projects out of our cash flow. Things were moving very slowly and we were basically taught a whole different, you know, mentality where you come in, you fund everything, you know, you, you put all of those CapEx projects to rest right away and really boost, you know, the income right off the bat. And there was a lot of other, you know, items that we learned along the way, you know, through that program as well. The other thing that was really important was when we stepped into the space of syndication is the networking opportunities, um, just being able to comfortably raise the capital that we needed to raise. And, um, and that really helped out with that. What are some key things that key takeaways uh, for, for raising capital? How do you raise, what was your, what, what was the, the most recent, I shouldn't say, what, what was the larger raise that you've done recently? It doesn't have to be the largest, but what's a, a recent raise that you've done? Yeah, a recent raise. Um, we're just wrapping up a $10 million raise. And okay. Before that, we did a $16 million raise and we didn't start out there. You know, our first syndication we raised, Oh gosh, about $600,000. So, you know, we've tiered up over time. Yeah. Um, but as far as, you know, capital raising, it's all about your connections. You need to know these people. They need to know, like, and trust you. So the more that you can stay in front of, you know, your passive investors or your limited partners, the better. And you want to, you know, just build a very strong reputation as you go throughout your career. So what are you guys doing specifically? Is there, is there certain things, thought leadership program? Like what, what are you guys doing to bring on new investors? Yeah, right now list? we have, we have a few different avenues. So, you know, our main avenue is just personally networking ourselves. So we go to a lot of meetups. We go to a lot of events, um, you know, down in Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, kind of across the country up here in Minneapolis, we'll do some events as well. So that helps out a ton. Um, now that we've been doing it, you know, I've been investing for over a decade. We, we do receive a lot of referrals. We've also have some strong connections with CPA firms, you know, family offices, you name it. And then we do have our own podcast. We have, you know, a podcast that we're about 30 episodes into. Um, recently wrote a, an ebook about passive investing. Um, so there's just all kinds of different avenues that you can take. Is there, is there anything that you find to be the most helpful? Like where, where do you get the most bang for your buck? So for us, it, it's definitely networking. 
So it's yeah. going to these um, different events and seminars and meetups um, and just meeting new individuals and staying in front of them. Mostly real estate events or is it uh, mostly, is it, what, what kind of oh, events? Correct. All real yes. estate events. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. Um, any, any tips, you know, a lot of people go to these events and they don't get anything out of them. Like what, what do you do to get stuff, something out of them? Yeah. So we're, we're meeting, you know, new investors at these events and just make sure that you get their contact information. Um, you know, each person that you speak to, you know, whether or not they have a business card, make sure to jot down their contact information, start a database. And then, you know, again, stay in front of those, those potential investors. So whether that be, you know, a monthly or a quarterly newsletter, make sure that they're seeing your, your deal flow or the deals that you have in the works. Um, and just, yeah, make sure that they're, they're getting your information on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, one of the things I really like the most about with growing my investor database is actually getting to know them face to face. I feel like when I look at who, who invests in my deals, certainly there's people that have heard me on a podcast and have never met me, but the large majority of people that are investing my deals, I've had. I've had a conversation with face-to-face. I've shaken their hand. I've had coffee with them. I've, you know, whatever it is, we've met at least one time face-to-face. Hey, I met you at this real estate conference. Um, I'd love to invest in your next deal. You know, I I get that a lot versus, oh, hey, I met you on a podcast. Now I get that, but most of the time, we've also met face-to-face. Yep. And I couldn't agree more, Todd. I mean, the majority of our investors are people that, you know, we've probably met, you know, a couple of times, Yeah. you know, multiple events or, you know, we've had those conversations afterwards. And, you know, another great way to, to really build all these connections is after you meet someone at a meetup or a real estate event, send them, you know, a Calendly link or some sort of mm-hmm. link where you can jump onto a Zoom meeting and actually have a 15 to 20 minute conversation and really get to know each other. Yeah. And that's just going to further your, your relationship and, you know, make it that more beneficial. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, what's a, what's a mistake that you've made that, that you've learned from that you can share with our audience? Yeah. Mistake that I've made, I'll, I'll mention a couple. So, you know, first off, like I had mentioned, one of our first apartment complexes that we bought, it was a 20 unit, um, you know, we basically did all the rehab projects out of the cash flow. So I would never do that again. Make sure that you come in well funded. Um, another mistake in, you know, you can go either way here, but you know, the markets that we've invested in. We have one project right now that's been hit very, very hard by COVID-19 and and the oil downturn. And it's in an oil market. It's out in uh, Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I think we will do very well on that project eventually but we are definitely more selective nowadays on what markets that we're investing in. We want to make sure that we're in markets that have, you know, diverse employment that have really good job growth, you know, that are landlord friendly and, uh, and then have, you know, a good high median household income in the one mile radius of the property. So that way the tenants can afford the rent. Yep. You're buying in super competitive markets. You're buying uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in Texas and, and, you know, some of the tertiary markets, but also it sounds like Dallas and some of the, some of the bigger markets, right? How, how are you getting these deals? Super competitive there. How are you getting these deals? What are you doing to stand apart to make, to, to get attracted to, you know, to get these deals? Yeah. Good question. So, 
you know, you as well as myself know that it's a relationship business. So it's all about the relationships that you have in place. So Dan and I have spent countless hours and days and weeks on building out these relationships with selling brokers in these markets. Because when you look at these larger assets, you know, 100 to 500 units, the majority of them are being listed through selling brokers. These are sophisticated individuals. Now, sure, you can pick off some off-market properties every once in a while, but, you know, I would say probably four out of five assets that we buy are on market listed by a broker. So typically when we fly into a market, say we're down in DFW every, you know, two, three weeks, you know, we'll, we'll try to meet up with a few brokers, take them out to lunch, um, you know, meet up at their office, tour some of their deals and really get to know them on a personal level. And, you know, luckily we're, we're younger guys are very active and a lot of the brokers down in DFW are younger and have some of the same interests as us. So, you know, we've taken people out wake surfing. We went out, you know, to Colorado snowboarding with some of the individuals and just built phenomenal, um, you know, relationships with these guys. So that's really, really helped us quite substantially. Yeah. I think that's, that's really cool. Uh, building actual relationships with them too, outside of just asking them for a deal. Yep. Uh, can, can add it that that's even more valuable because they, you know, people are people, they want to help people that they like, that they trust, you know, and when you're actually, actually friends with these people, actually getting to know them, they're going to feel that they want to get you a deal. Exactly. And, and when it is a competitive market and they might not slide you every single pocket listing they have, and, and you might still have to go through the competitive bid process. But when you are in the running, even though your offer might not be the highest, they're going, Hey, seller, you really should look at this offer. These guys are true. They, they will close on this deal. I know them well, uh, versus this other crew that came from who knows where, and I don't have a, any, any inkling if they can close or not. Exactly. And that certainty of close is so important, especially when you get to these larger assets. I mean, if someone's a few hundred thousand dollars below, you know, on, on an offer price, I mean, if they're, certain that you can close and they're not certain on the other buyer, it's probably pretty likely that they might choose you. Well, look, it's expensive. It's time consuming to close on a property to spend all that time and effort. And, and I just sold two buildings. I would not sell those same buyers again. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Exactly. And, and we went through the same situation where, um, you know, we, we've either sold an asset or we've had an asset under contract and the buyers backed out. Yep. And, you know, that puts a very sour taste in your mouth. I mean, you're, you're taking up the management company's time, you're taking up your time, you're spending dollars on attorney's fees, you know, you're basically getting, you know, these, these buyers into all the units. So you're upsetting possibly some of the tenants. So it's a big deal when you have someone back out, it really is. Yeah. And, and I think by you being in the market have already closed, uh, you've closed on deals before you've shown you can perform and you're not a pain in the butt that probably helps you as well. Right? Correct. Exactly. And when you go through these transactions, you want to make it as easy as possible. And obviously, yeah. you know, sometimes issues arise where, you know, maybe there was a massive foundation issue or, you know, something really, really big that you might have to retrade on, but you want to make it as, as seamless as possible with these, these sellers. Yeah. Yeah. For someone new trying to get into the business, you know, I, I talked to so many people that want to do multifamily invest and they want to buy a hundred, 200 unit building. Mm -hmm. um, 
what what's what's like one or two things that you feel like they should or could do to get involved quicker to get started earlier so i would say number one you know if you can afford it um, try to try to hire on a mentor um you know someone that you can really learn from and um really build off of their track record if that's not feasible um you know try to go out there and try to provide some value to a larger investor that's done multiple deals and even if that's you know offering your services for no no compensation it's going to be well worth it because you're going to learn a ton you know we've had quite a few investors that are newer to the game that just say hey can we be your boots on the ground can we do this we're not looking for any compensation we just want to learn from what you're doing so I think that can be massive for people that are, are looking to get into the industry. And it might take a year or two before you land your first deal, but as long as you're yeah. taking those baby steps every day, you know, you're, you're going to make progress. Yep. Yep. No, good, great, great advice. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, what, uh, what's, what, what's a way you, you guys like to give back or you like to give back? Yeah. So we, a certain percentage of our profits um, at Granite Towers Equity Group, we go give back to, uh, it used to be called Sheridan Story. Now it's called Every Meal. And so basically it provides food to school-aged children where there's food gaps. So maybe they don't have enough food on the weekends or in the evenings. Um, so they provide that through the actual school. And then we also um, give back to another organization that, um, that fights sex trafficking as well. So those are two things that we do. And then, you know, we help a lot of other investors that are looking into the game uh, to get into the game. So whether that be a phone call or an email, um, just trying to assist them throughout, you know, throughout the process. So you met, you met your partner and, and you guys now are doing business together. Anything that you can, you know, anything that you can think of that, like key things when, when you're looking for, a were you actively looking for a partner? So I was not, I, I really got very lucky, um, you know, fell into this partnership. Dan and myself, we were, we were great friends throughout high school. He had okay. been buying apartments. I'd been buying single family. And we basically went together and said, Hey, let's buy a deal together. Let's see how it goes. So we bought a 20 unit together, bought an eight unit together. And we pretty much knew that we were going to continue on and, and do every single deal in the future together. But I would say, you know, if you are looking for a business partner, you know, make sure that you select someone that, you know, basically has maybe different strengths or that can really, you know, when, when the two of you combine, you know, you have uh, much more than if just one of you is going alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So last, last two questions before we wrap up, what's a favorite book that you can recommend to our listeners? Um, real estate business, what's your favorite book? Yeah. So I would say for the, the beginning investor out there, the ABCs of real estate investing by Ken McElroy, um, really good book. I mean, it just takes you through everything, you know, as far as a syndication goes. Um, also the ABCs of property management. I mean, phenomenal book. And even if you're not going to be a property manager, you're not going to have your own property management firm. Yeah. It's just good to know all the insights before you actually get into the industry. So it, I would strongly ask some good questions too. Exactly. It really does. And I mean, truthfully, I probably listen to that, you know, maybe once or twice a year and you always take out little golden nuggets from it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, as far as podcasts, I, I think podcasts are just a fantastic way to, to grow a wealth of knowledge as well. I mean, you do a great yeah. job, Todd, 
we have one and there's just countless podcasts out there as well. Yeah, I agree. Podcasts have been amazing as far as learning, just you can learn so much from them in such a short period of time and be inspired at the same time. You're hearing people. I mean, it's amazing to talk to people. I just had a gentleman on that, you know, had done, he, he literally started basically researching multifamily and getting excited about it in November. And now he's closed on, you know, over 150 units. Wow. Uh, and it's like, wow, that's amazing. And it's, and he's working a full-time job. And so yeah. it's amazing how many people you can talk to that are doing awesome things like yourself. And you can take just like you said with the, with the management book, you take just these little golden nuggets out of, out of each episode, out of each book, and you can apply it to your life. The key is to apply it, right? Exactly. Apply it. And that's, you know, one thing that I do is I've, you know, my notepad on my iPhone and every time you're listening to a podcast, if you hear something that stands out, yeah. jot it down in your notes and then go over those notes on a regular basis. Um, yeah. Cause otherwise, you know, a lot of these little nut, golden nuggets you might forget, but if you're yeah. reviewing them, man, it can make a difference. And you go, Oh man, I made that mistake, but I remember I heard that. Oh shoot. I wish I would have written it up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, last question. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? Yeah, my three pillars of wealth creation would be, you know, obviously real estate um, is the biggest one, uh, multifamily assets. Um, another pillar, gosh, I might have to redo this one. So are you talking about three, like three pillars of cash flow essentially, or? No, three pillars of wealth creation. However you define wealth, whatever you think of wealth, whether it's. Okay, got it. Deeper, but whatever you think of it, what are you? I see what you pillars? mean. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. Let me, let me retry this. <laughs> All right. So, so my three pillars of wealth creation would be number one, financial freedom. So just having the flexibility to do what you want, when you want, and to have the funds to do them. Uh, number two would be uh, time just to have the time to spend with family, friends, you know, those close to you. And then number three, um, would be giving back, you know, giving back to the community or organizations. You know, I think that's extremely important as well. I have been finding the more I give, the more I have been getting. And it's, you've, you've probably heard it before, but it's actually playing out in truth. And it hasn't been just like this last, like couple months. It's, you know, over the last few years, the more I give, not only information and money and time and it's just when you're in service, you're, it's amazing the abundance that comes with it. Completely agree. So yep. that's really cool. I love those three pillars. I, I, I love, um, you know, what you, what you've talked about so far in, in this episode and I really appreciate you joining us on the show. How can our listeners learn more about you? Uh, you know, where, where can they find your podcast? All that kind of good stuff. Definitely. So if you go to our website, it's granitetowersequitygroup.com. Um, we have a contact us page, a free ebook on passive investing, as well as all of our podcast episodes. So that's a great way to reach out to us. Um, or if you'd like, you can certainly email me as well. Uh, email address is mike at granitetowersequitygroup.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mike, um, appreciate it again. Thanks for joining us. A lot of good uh, tidbits in here. So appreciate that. And um, 
man, you have a fantastic rest of the day. Thanks so much, Todd. Really appreciate it. Had a blast. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.